All right, this morning let's turn to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 4, and uh, we're going to look at uh, the latter part of the chapter this morning. Uh, Lord willing, tonight I'll preach on the first part uh, of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 uh, in the evening service, but this morning we're going to look at verses 8 down through verse number 18, and I focus on some truths that I think the Lord would have us to uh, look at today. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 8. You follow along uh, as I read, beginning with verse number 8. We are troubled on every side, not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken, we also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There's much that we could focus on from this passage of Scripture this morning, and there's several things I do want to cover. But in verse number 16, I want you to notice for which cause, and notice these next three words, we faint not. You, we read verse 8 and 9, and Paul's right, talks about the trouble on every side, but not distressed. Think about that. Uh, we have perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. With those problems, if you will, he still has hope. Then he continues to write in verse 16, for which cause we faint not. I want to focus on those three words this morning, and I want you to listen very carefully to me. You don't have to faint. You don't have to quit. You don't have to succumb to the weight that you carry. You don't have to fall by the wayside. Matter of fact, you can still continue. You can still carry on. You can still thrive in your Christian life. It's not going to be a perfect life. We live in a world that we think we have to be perfect in order to be able to continue. That's not the case. We live in a world that if we have problems, well, then, then I should just give up. And it's, something's gone wrong. No, friend. Paul says, I'm perplexed on every side. But then he says, we faint not. What a testimony. What it boils down to, and I'll pray in just a moment, what it boils down to is not whether or not we don't have any problems. It boils down to, when it's all said and done, we have the testimony. I was perplexed. I was distressed. I was persecuted. I was afflicted. But by God's grace, I didn't faint. By God's grace, I finished. By God's grace, I didn't succumb to the pressure. This morning, there's a recipe for that in this verse of Scripture as we think of we faint not. Father, help us today as we consider the truths that you have preserved for us. You consider the truths of your Scripture. May we uh, look into your Word today and may the Spirit of God teach us and instruct us. May we yield ourselves to uh, the truths that are found here. Uh, Father, I pray there's one unsaved. May they realize that's the most important thing they'll ever do is trust Christ as their Savior. Uh, May we follow in by obedience Uh, by faith uh, in our Christian life. And Father, I pray that your will will be done today, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We look at that word faint this morning, and to give a simple definition to the word faint, it means to sink into dejection, to lose courage or spirit. 
before you quit, you faint. So many times we focus on the quitting and we fail to see that before we get there, there's the fainting. We sink into dejection to lose courage or spirit. I wonder this morning if I'm speaking to a Christian who's lost some courage. You're dejected a little bit. You've lost that spirit. It means dejected, depressed, dispirited. Now, by way of introduction, I want to lay some, some, found, some foundation to get to the truth that's going to speak to the fact that we don't have to faint. Let me first of all say, by way of introduction, we as part of God's church are expected to be and are part of ministry. I'm going to preach on the, the fact that we're in ministry this evening, Lord willing, the first part of chapter 4. But if you look at verse number 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Paul is very aware that he's in the ministry. He's writing to the church at Corinth, reminding them, you're in the ministry. I stand here today as your pastor, I'm in the ministry. But I'm speaking to God's church today, and you're to be in the ministry. It means we're ministering to others and preaching the gospel. We're not speaking today of spectators watching the Christian race take place. We're to be participants in the Christian race, making a difference for the cause of Christ. So as I preach this morning and as I lay out these truths, I want it to be understood that we are part of the ministry. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how, how, how involved you are in the church. You have the opportunity to make a difference, first of all, for the cause of Christ. Second of all, in the life of somebody else. I would encourage you this morning, if you're deciding uh, for, for a, looking for a church to get involved in, won't you get involved in one that's busy in the ministry? I, I say this uh, with no apology. Sometimes this is not the right place for some Christians because we don't have uh, uh, bleachers up there for you to observe everything going on. Uh, you've got a, a pastor who wants to encourage everybody to be involved, everybody to be in ministry, everybody to be running your race. So as part of God's church, we are expected to be in our part of ministry. Ministry will require sacrifices. If you are going to serve God, you will be required to sacrifice. Get this mentality that so many entitled Christians have today. Well, I don't know why I'm being asked to sacrifice. That's the Christian life. That's the ministry. Ministry will require sacrifices and will bring afflictions. Before Paul was saved, he was the one afflicting. Now that he was saved and in ministry, he was the one receiving the afflictions. What are the afflictions? Sometimes it's opposition. Sometimes it could be health. Just as is true in the days of the Bible... I believe it's true in the days today that sometimes God allows afflictions to come into our life. We're going to see why. He allows these things. Ministry is going to require sacrifices. If you're a new Christian, let me just tell you, if you're going to serve God, if you're going to go all the way in for Him, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. You have to sacrifice some of your time. You have to sacrifice friends. There's plenty of, there's many of sacrifices that have to be made. Now, ministry is rewarding. It's rewarding. I've been in ministry long enough, I can tell you that there's sacrifices that have to be made. I can tell you that there is, the ministry will bring afflictions. But I can stand here today and tell you ministry is rewarding. There are many, if I allowed you to give testimony this morning, you've been serving God for, for some length of time. You could, give, you could give testimony after testimony after testimony of the glory of God, uh, of, of how blessed it is to be in the ministry, how blessed it is to give the gospel, how blessed it is to make a difference in the life of somebody else. Many of our, our ladies who've been in the nursery uh, for, for decades, and, or, or maybe it was two weeks, but it seemed like decades, I don't know, but they're in the nursery for a long time. Now you've seen those children who, who were just a baby, and now they're serving the Lord in some capacity. That's rewarding. 
It's going to require sacrifice, but it's rewarding. Now listen very carefully. Ministry is rewarding. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like serving God. Boy, this world promises you oh, to, to, to live your own life, do your own thing, serve this world, and it's so rewarding, it's empty. Solomon, who had everything the world had to offer, the wealthiest man to ever walk on this planet, when it was all said and done, he said, it's all vanity. But how many testimonies of faithful Christians who had nothing in this world, when they took those last breaths, gave glory to God about the life, and they would live the life all over again. Because ministry is rewarding. But ministry plus life can be overwhelming. Ministry requires sacrifices. Ministry brings afflictions. Ministry is rewarding, but ministry plus life can be overwhelming. Because life demands certain things in your schedule. So does ministry. Life demands there be some priorities. So does ministry. Life brings afflictions. If you live long enough, you're going to deal with things that bring burdens to you. You're going to deal with things that bring afflictions with you. You're not going to be as healthy as you once were. That's true in every situation. That's just life, as we say. You take just the burdens that come with life, and you take the circumstances that come with life, and you take the problems that come with life, you take the disappointments that come with life, you take all of that, then you add ministry to it, and ministry, while it's very rewarding, requires additional sacrifice. It's going to bring additional afflictions. It's going to bring additional opposition. One by itself, life, can be overwhelming. It's full. But when you add ministry of saying, I'll live my life to serve my Savior. I'll live my life for the cause of Christ. I'll make those sacrifices. I'll, I'll rearrange my priorities. You put those two things together, and that can be overwhelming. Let me also say it is normal to become overwhelmed. Sometimes... Christians will come to me and their head's hanging. Their shoulders are drooped. I say, Pastor, I'm overwhelmed. They say it in a way as if they're confessing to the murder of some random person. Just do with me what you will. I'm overwhelmed. And I don't because you can see the weight they say that with, but I want to say, congratulations. Welcome to the human race. Sometimes we get to the place where we have that life and ministry and the things that come with those. We get to the place that we're overwhelmed. It's normal to become overwhelmed. We are reminded in verse number seven, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You and I are not supernatural people. We have a limit to our strength. We have a limit to our understanding. We have a limit to the burden we can carry. All of us have the same amount of time in a day. Our strength, we could have strength today. We could not have it tomorrow. We could have it tomorrow and not have it the next day. We're in earthen Vessels, verse 16, we're reminded that there is an inward man, an outward man. That outward man perishes. I don't want to be the, the person that has to remind you of this, but you're not as young today as you were yesterday. And if you're not as young today as you were yesterday, you're not as young today as you were last year. And I know our mind lies to us. And says that I can do something that I haven't done for 35 years. Just let me try real hard. It's normal to become overwhelmed. Because we're human. If Paul and Timothy, we find 
That ministry team, as Paul writes this letter, if they were aware of the possibility of fainting, if they were aware of the possibility of themselves sinking into dejection, they had to be aware of their own humanity. If they were aware of the fact that they could lose courage or spirit or be depressed or dispirited. And by the way, these were men who were human and they had their high moments. Certainly they had their low moments. If they were aware of that, and sometimes you're right with the most authority based on an experience you've already had. And they are aware of this, if it's normal, if they were aware of the possibility of fainting, then you and I must also be aware. We may not be able to prevent being overwhelmed, but we do not have to faint when overwhelmed. You are going to be overwhelmed. Life requires a lot from you. So does serving God. It's, there's evidence in our own life, there's evidence in Scripture that you can manage both. But let me just say to you, you can't manage both without ever feeling overwhelmed. There are Christians who resign from serving God in certain capacities because they get overwhelmed from time to time. And they say, well, I shouldn't be overwhelmed. No, that's what ministry in life does. It makes you overwhelmed from time to time. Why? Because there's afflictions. There's, there's, there's opposition. There's those things we deal with. But that does not mean that we have to faint when we get overwhelmed. We may not be able to prevent being overwhelmed, but we do not have to faint when overwhelmed. Stay with me, and I'll get to the outline in just a moment. Being limited and feeling overwhelmed by our limitations and difficulties is not failure. Let me say that again. Being limited and feeling overwhelmed by our limitations and difficulties is not failure. Well, Pastor, I should be able to do it all. Who says? Who said that? Well, Pastor, there's, there's, I should be able, if you have a lot expected of you, you have a limitation to what you're able to do. If we become overwhelmed, that's part of life. There's some things we need to do, but that does not mean you have failed. And I believe that Christians sometimes throw up their hands and say, I'm a failure because I'm overwhelmed. No, you're overwhelmed because you're not as strong as you used to be. You're overwhelmed because you have a circumstance that came in your life today that wasn't there yesterday. You're overwhelmed because you're older than you were five years ago. You're overwhelmed because the responsibilities have gotten added. That's not failure. It's being human. It's trying to make a difference. It's trying to affect eternity. It's trying to take advantage of the limited time that you have to make the biggest mark that you can make. If you're overwhelmed, that is not because of failure. Why? Because we have limitations and difficulties. We should focus on not fainting instead of not being overwhelmed. Because being overwhelmed is unavoidable, but fainting is avoidable. I apologize for making you think this morning. But think on that statement. We should, not, we should focus on not fainting, not sinking into dejection, not losing courage, not losing courage of spirit, not being dejected, not being depressed, not being dispirited. We should focus on that, not focus on not being overwhelmed because there are things in this life you're going to face tomorrow that you don't know you're going to face today. There's no way you can be prepared for it. And when it comes, it's going to overwhelm you. It's going to overwhelm your spirit. It's going to overwhelm your schedule. It's going to overwhelm the peace. It takes a peace out of your life. It's going to overwhelm your ability. You can't prepare to not be overwhelmed, but you can prepare to never faint when you are overwhelmed. 
And so many times we look at ourselves as a failure and our adversary, the devil, jumps on that opportunity and, and, just, and just sticks that knife in our back and our heart and say, yes, you are a failure because you should be able to handle all these things. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be limited in your ability. You shouldn't, shouldn't get overwhelmed. And after all, uh, this is your family. Why can't you handle all that? This is your responsibility. Why can't you handle all of that? Uh, you should, you, this is, and men, we, we feel this way many times because God gives us the responsibility responsibility of our home and we can't fix certain things and we get overwhelmed by it, it doesn't mean you, you have to think. But I want to tell you this morning, it's normal to be overwhelmed. This is the mistake some Christians make. They go through their life and they say, I'm going to take this that I'm doing for God and I'm going to set it aside because I, I don't want to be overwhelmed. I don't like to feel overwhelmed. But if God has brought all this thing to my life, and I'm overwhelmed by it, and God's going to have to give me the ability to do it. And we should not take... Now, we might have to take a hobby and set it aside. We might have to take something that's not crucial and set it aside. We may have to do without four Starbucks a day. Or maybe that's what's keeping us from being overwhelmed. I don't know. We may have to make some adjustments there. But if God puts you in that choir, He'll give you the strength to not be overwhelmed by all the responsibility. If God puts you on that bus route, if God gave you those kids, and you feel overwhelmed, welcome to the human race. That's part of life. It's not a sin to feel overwhelmed because we're an earthen vessel. That, that outward man is, 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 is perishing every day. So instead of focusing on not being overwhelmed, don't you think it would be a good idea to focus on not fainting? Because there's no way you and I can make it through this life without ever feeling overwhelmed. It's, it's amazing how when you get older and life changes, and I deserve this, Things that used to just be nothing now seem overwhelming because life changes. That's the reality of life. So I can't change being overwhelmed because all of these responsibilities I have, all these things that I have to deal with, I have to deal with them. But I can focus on what I need to focus on so that I don't faint in the midst of being overwhelmed. Let me very quickly mention four things that I think, four things that I see here that will enable us not to faint. Number one, to faint not requires the right perspective. To faint not requires the right perspective. Many times we quit because we don't have the right perspective. Many times we lose courage because we're not looking at things the way we ought to look at things. Many, th many times we, we, we don't see hope in tomorrow because we're just not looking at it properly. To faint not requires the right perspective. Notice in verse number 17, for our light affliction. This is going to hurt some of your feelings. Paul called what he was going through. What was he going through? Troubled on every side. He was distressed, perplexed, persecuted, cast down. He had been beaten, imprisoned, stoned. And he said, for our light affliction. Sometimes we like to talk about our affliction because we want people to tell us how bad we have it and God bless you, and we all want like to be patted on the back from time to time, don't we? We need that encouragement. But Paul said it's light affliction. Those were his light afflictions. So, friend, if Paul referred to what he was going through as light affliction, what you and I go through many times, and we talk, well, I'm being greatly persecuted. I have this great affliction. I'm not minimizing it. I'm just saying Paul said his were light 
And look at these sacrifices I had to make for God. This is like the schedule I have to keep. Paul says light affliction. Now, let me make this, dis, uh, this, this distinguishment. Light is not the same as easy. Well, I'm just, I'm just a bad Christian and my afflictions don't feel light. I'm going to illustrate something in just a moment. Sometimes we think that word light means easy. I don't believe Paul was saying it's easy to be imprisoned. It's easy to be beaten for preaching the gospel. It's easy for the thorn, to carry the thorn in my flesh. I don't think he was saying that. I was say, think he was saying it's a light affliction. How is this a light affliction? If, if I can illustrate the best I can this morning, Brother Collinsworth, I'll use you if you'll stand up. If I were to put a big burden on Brother Joe, it would be heavy. I, and I was thinking of the way to illustrate this, but we're just going to picture him with a big burden on him that makes his knees buckle. It's all he can do is just stand right where he's standing. He's not even going to try and take a step. You know what I'm talking about? You've been there? But Paul says it's a light affliction, not an easy affliction. Why is it a light affliction? Notice verse number 15. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. It becomes a light affliction because of the grace of God. Your earthen vessel carries burdens that are too heavy for it. Afflictions that are too much for it. And when we have the perspective of look at the weight that is on me, that's the wrong perspective. Because then we're going to start offloading, trying to figure out how we can figure out how to get this burden off of me. But this is the difference in, in victory in your Christian life, the difference in the Apostle Paul, in many who allow these afflictions to be heavy to them. It's because of the grace of God, he comes along and he says, we're going to take a step. And he helps carry that burden. It's still a hard burden. It's not an easy burden. But it sure feels a whole lot lighter now. Because his strength is carrying me through. His strength allows me to go another day. It's the same weight. It's the same affliction. It's the same persecution. The difference is by the grace of God. He carries that burden with you. And what's not an easy burden becomes a light affliction because of the grace of God. Thank you. You can be seated. Then we're not as adept to faint. Notice something else, the perspective that's important. For our light affliction, which is but for an eternity. Is that what the Bible says? A moment. It's a moment. Life is a vapor. Hey, Pastor, I've carried this burden for years. And if I live a normal life, I'm going to have to carry it all the way to my grave. And it's going to be a long, long time. I have to struggle with this affliction. I have to struggle with this persecution. I have to struggle with this and life and ministry. And when I decided to do more for God, that's when some of these other things came in. I don't know how to not be overwhelmed. I don't know how to carry this affliction. And many Christians, many, and we would all, it would, it would rub against us the wrong way if I just say, oh, don't worry about it. It won't be long. Well, it seems like a long, but when you look at it in perspective of eternity... Me carrying this burden is temporary, momentary. It's not forever. So I just don't think I can look at things that way. That's why you're fainting. 
Because you're looking at the burden. You're looking at your earthen vessel. And we're not looking at things properly. By the grace of God, he'll help me. He put everything here that I have to carry. He allowed the, the affliction. He allowed the persecution. He allowed the difficulty, which means he has chosen for me to have it. Unless he comes and takes it off of my shoulders, by the grace of God, he's going to have to hold me arm in arm. And he's going to have to make this burden a little lighter, not because he removed it or took some off. Now he's helping me carry it. There's strength in it, but sure becomes light when he's helping carry it. And how long do I have to do this? Just for a little while. Just for a little while. To faint not requires the right perspective. Number two, to faint not requires the right focus. This is not the same as perspective. Perspective is the way we see things. Focus is what we're looking at. To faint not requires the right focus. Look at verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. For the things which are not seen are eternal. To faint not requires the right focus. We tend to focus on what is seen. Well, you, if you forget that you're getting older, when you look in that mirror, it reminds you. If you forget that you're getting older, when you try and tie your shoe and you can't, it reminds you. We faint when we're focused just on our affliction or on those things that overwhelm us. We tend to focus on what is seen. The afflictions are the result of being overwhelmed by our life and humanity. The things that are overwhelming, that's all we're looking at. How am I going to get all this done? How am I going to carry this responsibility? I'm tired. I don't have the strength. I don't have the health. I don't, I, don't, I don't have the ability. I don't have any of those things. God, why does he put all these things here? It must be wrong that all these things are here, that God put here, because I can't, I, I can't do it. You're looking at all these things you can't do. You're looking at all the, the burden, the things that get overwhelmed. You're looking at your own humanity. So what do we do? We should focus on what we can't see. That is eternal. You do not measure your success by whether you are overwhelmed by your limitation, afflictions, and failures. Some of you would measure your own success as a Christian. You would, better yet, you would call it a failure because you're overwhelmed. That's not how you measure your success. You measure by eternity. We must be willing to be overwhelmed down here. So there's something to lay in eternity up there. We must be willing to bear that burden here because it is required of us. Because my focus is not on the now. There are too many Christians focused on today. I understand. We get weary. We get tired. We, we don't like some of the things that life has forced on us. But we can't focus on today and what we have to do and all that and the fact that we are weary, we realize that. Well, what gets us through? We must focus on that which we cannot see. I'll give you an example, and you just have to, to, to permit me to get through it the best I can. Well, I look at I look at the fact that I have a I have a daughter in heaven, and I can take you to a graveside. I can we sit at a table. I can always see that empty seat. I can see all those things, and I I see the absence of those that that are not here that that I would love to have here. And, and that there's real sorrow with that. There's real grief with that. And by the way, you're not a bad Christian if you have sorrow. You're not a bad Christian if you have grief. That's part of life. You focus on those things. You focus on those things. I can I can I can lose courage. I, I, I could lose courage of spirit. I could, I could get into the, the depths of despair because death has come to my home and death has taken something very valuable to me, but I don't look at it that way. I look at it as what I have over there. I haven't lost anything. I haven't lost anyone. They're with the Lord today. And, and you say, well, well, that's just another way of looking at it. That's the whole point. We got to quit looking at what's down here and start looking at what's over there in eternity waiting for us. 
Say, I wish I was a better Christian where I just had enough strength to get through. That's not being a better Christian. Because eventually, Christian, listen to me, God's going to put a big enough burden on you where you have to have him. Or else you're going to have to take your Christian life and you're going to have to put it on the shelf and give up your service for God. But to faint not requires the right focus. I must hasten. Number three, to faint not requires the right habits. Okay? Pastor, I, I want to focus on the right thing. All right? Good. I want to have the right perspective. We're, we're on the right track. So everything is, that's all I do is just focus on heaven, look at things right, then every day I'm good to go. No. Look at me at verse number 16. Remember, to, I said number three, to faint not requires the right habits. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. I have already given you life-altering, life-changing, life-sustaining truths this morning. But don't miss what the Word of God is teaching here. You may not be able to keep the outward man young, but you can't keep the inward man young. The pastor, I, this outward man is perishing. I look in the mirror and I don't see a young man anymore. I see an old man. I see an old, an old woman. I, see, I don't see it's perishing. Every day I'm closer to the end. Every day I'm not as young as I was before. But if you're saved this morning, your soul's not old. Your soul is young. Your soul is eternal. This earthen vessel, we spend all this time, and I'm not against it. I myself is trying to, is trying to, to, to be a little stronger and live a little healthier. But no matter what we try and do, this earthen vessel has an expiration date. You can't reverse it. It's going to take place. And we put the focus on that, and I'm not, I'm not minimizing anything like that. All I'm saying is it's going to age. It's going to perish. But that inward man can still be young. This old body can't do what it used to do, but in here, I can still be just as excited about serving God. Oh, I, on Sunday, I used to be so busy. I used to, from, from before the sun came up to the sun went down, I was serving here and there and here, but I can't do that anymore. But oh, in here, you can still rejoice. You can still be just as involved. You can still be just as young. Oh, it's harder now that I have this burden on me and this is coming to my life and I'm overwhelmed and, and now all these things that I know I wanted and I know God has given to me, I can't balance them all and because, because of this affliction or because of life, I'm overwhelmed. What do, what do I do? You have to have the right habits. It's not as easy to carry that load, but it, if you... Take care of that inward man. You may not be able to keep the outward man strong. But you can't keep the inward man strong. You may not be able to keep the outward man from being overwhelmed, but you can give peace to the inward man. How do you do that? It's right there in verse 16. You know, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. There's a principle there. We have a new day. And is it just automatic? No. The principles in this book, the power of this book, the truths in this book are new every morning. These promises are new every day. So every day, as I get up, and the burden's already heavy, there's only so much I can do for that outward man. Don't you wish you could, in your mind, by will, sheer willpower, you can take yourself from being overwhelmed to being underwhelmed? It's not possible. But you know what I can do? I, can, I, can't take care, I can't change my outer man. I can't change the burden. I can't, I can't lay it down. I can't, I can't change these circumstances. I have these responsibilities. 
And friend, in life, they're going to overwhelm you. In ministry, it gets overwhelming. But the last thing I'm going to do is take something that God's put on my plate to carry, try and set it aside. There's burdens I can't lay. It's not possible for me to lay them down. So if I have limited ability in my outer man, I've got to take care of my inner man. And Christian, if you don't have those right habits, you're going to faint. We put all this time and energy. i gotta, I got to take care of all these things. And, I, and yes, there's things that you have to fulfill. They're your responsibilities. But the only way you're going to have the ability to do it is if you minister to that inner man every single day. I've got to spend time with God. That's going to give me the strength I need. I've got to spend time in His Word. That's what's going to give me the courage I need. And friend, if, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. That burden can be so heavy, but God can give you that strength in your inner man, God can give you that peace in your inner man. God can give you the courage in your inner man. And that inner man can control that outer man. Just like the outer man can control the inner man. And you can carry and you cannot faint. But you got to have the right habits. you got to have the... That's why when life gets tough, that's not when you lay out of church. Life gets, well, when I'm not overwhelmed, I'll put church back in my schedule. You'll never be not overwhelmed. When you're overwhelmed, that's when you need to be at the church door. If you've got to drag yourself in here or have somebody drag you in here, I promise you the Spirit of God, the singing of those old hymns will, will, will give you strength. Hearing that choir sing will hear you, give you strength. Hearing the word of God preached will give you strength. Why? It's the inner man. That old outer man didn't get any younger while you were in church. That old outer man's still perishing, but that inner man can, 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 can have the courage and the strength to keep you going. Then number four, and finally, to, to faint not requires the right motivation. I think this has been a help to us but number four is a step that I'd like for some Christians to take in their Christian life this morning. If I can say it like this, point one, point two, and point three is for our survival. It's just helping us survive. Because we can't control life and keep it from overwhelming us. So I just don't want to faint. I just don't want to lose courage. I, I just don't want to fall into despair. So I need to have the right perspective. I want to have the right focus. I want to have the right habits. That way I survive. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with just surviving. Sometimes that's victory. But this is another step that I'd like to challenge Christians this morning to take. To faint not requires the right motivation. Verse number 15, for all things are not for your sakes. Did you see what the Bible said? For all things are not for your sakes. It's not for your easy schedule. It's not for your easier life. It's not for your burdenless life. Hey, there's that trouble on every side. That's not for you. The circumstances of life that have come, those burdens, those afflictions, for all things are not for your sakes. Why? That the abundant grace might, might through the thanksgiving. Okay, the illustration I use with the burden, and it's so heavy. It's, a, it's, a, it's not an easy affliction, but it becomes a light affliction. Why? By the grace of God. Because it's His strength by which now we're carrying a heavy load. I, I can't illustrate, I can't say this any other way than just saying it. You can face the worst things that life can throw out, out at you, and you can still walk with your shoulders back. You can still walk with your head high. And, and there's days when your knees buckles, but there's a lot of days when it's just as light a load as it's ever been. It's not because the burden got easier, it's because it's lighter by the grace of God. 
So if it's not for our sakes, and it's through that abundant grace, made through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. What I'm asking some Christians to consider this morning is to stop asking God to remove all the difficulty out of your life. I don't think that's a sin. But there's some things He's not changing. He's not bringing a loved one back. He's going to let us meet them in the air. That affliction that's come in your life, He's not going to reverse it. I'm not saying you give up hope. I'm not saying you don't pray. I'm not not saying any of those things. In context to the message this morning, there are some afflictions, there are some persecutions that came only because you and I said, we want to minister to the lost. We want to minister to the needy. We want to minister to one another. And with that ministry comes persecutions, comes afflictions, comes opposition. Take that, you put it on top of life. It becomes overwhelming pretty quick. Why must we not faint? I'm going to to answer questions I've had in my own life for you this morning. I'm going to answer some of your questions this morning. Why would God allow this to happen? Because when someone sees a burden... That is hard. They look and say, there's no way I can carry that. And they see that light affliction. There's but one conclusion. Only God could do that. Paul was not bragging on himself when he said in verse number 8, we are troubled on every side, yet I'm not distressed. He said, we are perplexed, but I'm not in despair. Paul wasn't saying, look at me, because I've been persecuted, but not forsaken. He wasn't saying, I'm special, that's why I hadn't been forsaken. I've been cast down, but I hadn't been destroyed. Paul wasn't bringing attention to himself. He was saying, it was not for my sake, just like what you're going through is not for your sake. It's for the glory of God. God is glorified in and by my life when I'm overwhelmed and I faint not. Friend, God does not have to get glory when you're overwhelmed and you get everything done. When you take a sabbatical from serving God. No, God gets glory when you're overwhelmed and you never lose courage. You don't sink into despair. You continue on in the feeling of being overwhelmed. You carry that burden with you. You carry that heartache with you. from From an outward man, it's hard. It's difficult. And you may have had 12 hours of energy, but now you got four. But you use that four to the glory of God. And you go, and you go, and you go, and you don't quit, you don't faint. It's not a a sin to be overwhelmed, but it is a sin for you to quit on God. Being overwhelmed is part of life, it's part of reality, but you and I don't have to faint. And we wonder sometimes, what in the world can I do to get this off of my shoulders? But just like Paul prayed, Lord, remove this thorn. And God said, I'll give you the grace instead. How many preachers have faced some little opposition from their local government and they said, Paul could stand. How many Christians have had an affliction in their own life, a disease, a difficulty? They said, well, Paul had that thorn and he continued on. How many times have Christians been encouraged through history as, as a burden and a difficult came? And how many times have you wanted to quit, but you saw brother so-and-so, or you saw miss so-and-so, and the burden and the heartache they went through, and you said, if God can give them the grace to continue on, if God can give them the strength to go on, this little affliction really isn't that heavy. And by God's glory, will we all stand in His presence one day, Say, I no longer have that earthen vessel. 
What God allowed me to do in that earthen vessel by His grace has affected eternity. I conclude with this. Christian, you didn't fail when you got sick. You didn't fail when you got old. You didn't fail when life brought a burden that you never anticipated. You didn't fail when life which is overwhelming and ministry which is overwhelming and you marry those two together, you didn't fail because you just don't have the strength to do all that is required. Renew your inner man today. Can we do good for Christians this morning that the invitation comes in just a moment that we bowed our head and we closed our eyes and our heart reached out to our God and said, God, every day that you'll strengthen me will be a day that I move on. And let me just encourage you, there won't ever be a day when he'll forsake you. You feed that, you deal with that inner man. Allow the grace of God to work in your life. Well, Pastor, it's been this long, and I don't, I don't know. He's not done yet. He's still working in your life. Well, Pastor, how long is it going to take? However long he leaves you here. Because I promise you, there's somebody watching. That encourages me. There are times I'm overwhelmed. But I, but I won't. I'm not gonna, I don't want to quit on God. I know there's some who watch me. Friend, there's some who watch you. But oh, just in case there's somebody here who says, nobody knows me, nobody cares, however it is. We have our almighty God. We have the Savior who died for us. He's worthy of us not quitting. He's worthy of us not fainting. He's worthy of us keeping our focus where it ought to be. I believe that no matter what you face, you can finish, and you can finish well. And you don't have to quit. You don't have to give up some service for God because the right perspective, the right focus, the right habits, and the right motivation lead to the right expectations. Sometimes we get weary. It's not because God's not able. It's because our focus isn't right. Our perspective's not right. Friend, I believe we've been helped this morning. If you're here and you never trusted Christ as your Savior, get that settled today. Today. The lost man can't look forward to eternity. Because to the unsaved, the lost man, eternity is paying for their sins forever. But the saved man, you and I, can look forward to eternity. There's nothing wrong with saying, oh, this is just for a moment. It's a light affliction. One day I'm not going to have this. But then let's, let's, let's get back at it. Let's continue. You may not be able to run as fast as you used to, to be able to run, but you can still run. And say, well, Pastor, I got you there. I can't even, I can barely walk. Well, then walk. Then walk. Just keep moving forward. Keep doing what God has for you. He'll strengthen you. Father, use their word.